We aren't alone, and whatever's out there may not be friendly. This world is a strange one. Most people these days believe that extraterrestrial life exists somewhere in the universe. The question is, does alien life visit us? Better yet, what do they want with us? Well, we are going to take a look at some allegedly true accounts of people encountering aliens. Maybe that will give us some insight into our neighbors, or perhaps we are their prisoners. But first, I would love to hear your stories. If you've ever found a diary with creepy entries, I'd love to read it. Send your story to me at darknessprevails.org. Thank you. Now, you can wear your tinfoil hats, but all it's gonna do is make you look like a Hershey, a helpless, defenseless little Hershey. Number one, Desert Alien, submitted by Venom Reaper 16. I had never been one to believe in the paranormal, nothing like ghosts or aliens, but one night in late October changed my point of view entirely. It was around 10 or 11 at night when we were returning home from our grandparents' house when we noticed some lights blinking above the mountain nearby. My sister, Lucy, was saying it was probably some airplanes coordinating with one another since we did live by a nearby private airport. I continued to watch them as the lights made a sequence of red, green, blue, and white pulses. Then I looked back at Lucy, joking that it was probably aliens trying to abduct us. We both laughed, but we were kind of uncomfortable because we still couldn't explain what these lights were. We'd honestly never seen anything like it. The way they moved, the colors they were, it was unnatural. Anyway, we soon came to our neighborhood and we drove along our road, which wasn't very well maintained due to the weather and extreme heat we received that year. We jostled over cracks and potholes and uneven pavement in the black Ford that Lucy drove. We came to stop at the dirt lot next to our driveway where the truck was parked when not in use. The one good thing about our house that was nice was that it was both silent and roomy. To our left was our neighbors, and to our right was endless, uninhabited desert. The only house way out there in the distance was our other neighbors, who lived way past where the road transitioned into a dirt path, which was about a mile down the road from us. I looked up at the lights again as Lucy began turning the truck around to back it up into the dirt lot. They were now pulsing more frequently and strongly, and suddenly, a large column of blue light lit up the whole mountainside this sent chills all over my body, confirming to me that what I was looking at was not man-made. I began to freak out and I moved back closer to the driver's seat. Then the truck's radio began to fuzz out as another blast of light appeared, like some war was happening in the mountains. This time I saw a roundish silhouette above the light. My breathing became more rapid as I screamed, what's happening? over and over again. Lucy looked up to what I was freaking out about. The lights disappeared from the mountain ridge, followed by a loud and deafening crack. The truck stopped, 
and my sister stepped out to see what she had run over. Dang it, look what you did, she yelled at me. But I was shaking in fear. I wouldn't leave the cab of the truck. I was clinging to the belt that was slung across my chest. My sister saw the fear on my face and climbed back into the truck without another word. She turned the key quickly and the truck hummed back to life. The radio was now playing smoothly again, like it usually did, as my sister pulled out of the dirt lot and backed up into the driveway. She turned the cab's light on and turned her phone's flashlight on. She slowly climbed out of the truck and walked over to my side. Lucy then opened my door, motioning me to come out. I unlatched my seatbelt. I was shaking all over. I slid out of my seat, hunched over with fear. Lucy shone the flashlight in the direction of the door. It happened to be the one night my mother forgot to turn the porch lights on for us, so it was incredibly dark. But I ran to the front door and huddled by it. My sister came up behind me and unlocked the door as quickly as she could. I ran inside, straight to the room where my mother and stepfather were sleeping. They were both very much in a deep sleep. I kept shaking my mom, trying to wake her up. She wouldn't listen, and at one point I was begging, tears in my eyes. Eventually, she sat up, an irritated frown on her face. My stepfather woke up after her and was asking what was wrong. I quickly explained the experience we had just gone through. They both got out of bed and followed us down the hall. I still wasn't brave enough to go outside, so I watched Lucy, my mother and stepfather, step outside to inspect the night sky. But they didn't see anything, except that the truck was now parked all clumsily and that we broke the small picket fence guarding my mother's cactus garden, which she wasn't very happy about. To this day, nobody believes what I saw. I'm still very haunted by the sighting, which I am completely sure was otherworldly. All those lights in the sky and their strange, rapid movements. I wasn't sure if a battle was going on or if it was some sort of alien drag race. Either way, I didn't want to be a part of it. Number two, Sunset Beach, submitted by Tim P. The story I'm about to share with you is actually two separate events, but given the subject matter and the fact that both took place in the same location, I think of it as two parts of the same story. Anyway, I grew up in a small town on the Southern Oregon coast. The beaches there are beautiful, but given the cold, wet climate, they're usually only frequented by sightseers and bored locals. The most popular of the local beaches is Sunset Bay State Park, or as the locals refer to it, Sunset Beach. It's not a large beach at all, but it's beautiful there. There are tide pools to explore, countless nature trails and hiking paths, even barbecue areas, a campground, etc. Having grown up there, I eventually began thinking of the beach as a cold, wet, windy place that was often an awful place to visit. Still, in an area with nothing to do, I often got dragged to the beach by friends and family, who for some reason still enjoyed it there. It was on one such occasion when the first event occurred. 
I had gone to Sunset Beach with a couple of female friends of mine. We were busying ourselves by exploring the tide pools and taking photos of the picturesque views. When suddenly one of us, I can't remember who exactly, spotted a strange light or object in the sky. From where we were, it looked to be a plane at first, but it wasn't moving. It was just a sort of pulsing light hovering motionless in the sky. Then in a big, unnaturally bright flash, it suddenly vanished, then reappeared with another flash almost instantly in a different part of the sky, quite far from where it had been before. We watched it for a moment, now mesmerized. Then it happened again. It vanished in a flash and reappeared somewhere else. This was in the middle of a cloudless day, yet these flashes were almost blinding. It did this several times before vanishing entirely. We tried getting pictures and video of it, but given how high it was in the sky, our cameras couldn't pick it up. The scene was just too bright. We thought it was weird and even kind of cool, but we couldn't be 100% convinced that it was alien in nature. Fast forward several years, I'd found myself homeless, and the only thing my family was willing to do to help me out was to get me a tent and set me up in a campground. Since you can only stay in a campground for a week or two maximum, I sort of bounced from one to the next until I'd finally stayed at most of the local campgrounds. Well, while I was staying at Sunset Beach, I never saw any strange objects or lights or anything out of the ordinary, but I did hear something that chilled me to my bones. While I was lounging in my tent one day, I heard this very loud noise. It sounded like a jet flying overhead, but it was way too loud, as if it was flying just above the trees. Also, it didn't fade in or out. It just started a deafening loud sound that vibrated everything around me. I could even see the pebbles in the soil jounce around just by the massive sound of this thing. Plus, it didn't seem to be moving. Basically, it sounded like a massive jet hovering just above the trees, maybe 20 meters up, over my tent, and staying in one spot, which didn't seem possible. I sat there stunned, with my palms over my ears. My whole head began to ache, and it lasted so long that my arms grew tired but every time I relaxed my hands, uncovering my ears to the noise, it felt like my ears were going to bleed at any second. Finally, and thankfully, the sound stopped. My senses slowly returned, and I went outside of my tent, only to find nothing. There was nothing in the sky, just a cloud here and there, but not many, and there were no vehicles around. Everything seemed normal, and I was too creeped out and confused to go back to bed. The next day, which was my last day at that campground, I heard the noise again, that ear-splitting jet engine noise, but this time I wasn't as shocked, so I hurried out of my tent to see what it was. When I got outside, I could definitely hear it, as loud as ever, and everything around me was still dark. I looked at my watch, and it was midday, the sun should have been in the sky. It took me all too long to realize that the thing making the noise above me was almost completely blotting out the sky. 
It was flying incredibly low, whatever it was, and it was the biggest airborne object I've ever seen. Scared out of my mind, I crawled back into my tent until everything became light once more and the darkness faded. I crawled outside and looked up, and it was day again, blue skies, a bright sun, no ships in the sky. When I told my mom about the experience later that day, she laughed at me at first. She's never really believed in aliens or UFOs or the paranormal, but she then told me that several of the residents of the RV park near her and dad, the one that was just a couple of miles from Sunset Beach, had mentioned a strange and ear-splitting sound too, and they were just as baffled by it. Mind you, these are elderly residents, some wealthier than most, and they were very reasonable people, not the ones that are prone to flights of fancy. I'm 36 years old, I believe myself to be intelligent, and I'm also extremely familiar with the area where these events occurred, and I simply can't think of any logical explanations, especially for that sound and shadow. I mean, it was like standing a few meters from a Boeing 747, just as it started, then stopped its engines. It was that loud. A couple of years later, I began seeing reports online of people hearing strange, loud sounds that were seemingly coming from nowhere, and I now wonder if they're hearing what I did. Anyway, Sunset Beach is a real place. You can easily find it online if you want to visit. That being said, check it out sometime if you're interested in the unknown. You may just find what you're looking for out there, but be careful. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Number three, question everything, submitted by Cole. This is a bit of a recollection of past events throughout my life that have made me question everything I've ever been taught or have believed. I'm claiming these events to be completely true, and I'll tell them through my eyes. Maybe there's a logical explanation for some of this, 
but it's all rather strange. Either way, I know what I've experienced, and I'll stick to everything I can remember. Around the year 2000, I was around seven or eight years old at the time, and a Cub Scout. I joined the Scouts as a way to do extracurricular activities without having to be a part of the more jock-type sports. I'm very fond of the memories I made at the Cub Scouts. It was fun and very enjoyable. I also made a lot of friends. Anyway, this event takes place in Southwest Florida, where I grew up. We were at a typical weekly meeting at one of the Scouts' houses. This week, we were going over stargazing. So, as usual, we had a short learning talk about what to look for and things of the sort. After that was over, the adults left us out in the front lawn to enjoy ourselves that night. As we were watching the beautiful night sky, the stars of the Milky Way galaxy coming to life before our eyes, one of the scouts suddenly shot up their hand to my left and they shouted, look, a rocket ship, in that typical excited seven-year-old voice. Now, as I recall the experience, I remember that we saw a glistening object way up in the night sky almost like a star, but it definitely wasn't a shooting star. It wasn't moving fast enough, but it moved a bit too quickly to be a satellite. As we watched it, there were the usual oohs and ahs, as to be expected from a bunch of kids witnessing such a thing. After watching this thing cruise our sky for about five minutes, it stopped suddenly, then I kid you not, it doubled back. Then at a 90 degree angle, it shot away in a different speed entirely. I could compare it to light speed like from a sci-fi film. At one point, it was moving steadily across the sky. Then boom, it shoots off like a bullet in a different direction altogether. After seeing that, all our mouths were wide open and we were completely silent. Then as we gathered ourselves, we all crowded around the Scoutmaster asking him what the heck that was. We still don't know to this day. We didn't have any explanation for it, and neither did the Scoutmaster. Fast forward a few years. I'm 16 years old then, living with my dad and his new girlfriend. Her place wasn't in the best part of town, but the people there were very nice, so life was pretty easy going. Now, the house was built back in the 1940s, so the door had some very heavy material. I think part of it was made of steel. I'm not sure what, but probably steel. That's important, not to mention it had three deadbolt locks and two chain-style locks due to us living in that part of town. Also, at the time, my bedroom window shared the same wall as the old door, which, when the door was shut, it rattled my window. Things went well for the first month or so, she had a dog named Ozzy. He was a big, beautiful yellow lab, friendly and goofy as well. I spent a lot of time with him as I was home alone from about three to six in the evening. One day after school, I came home and was greeted by Ozzy. I chilled out in my room for a while when I suddenly heard the door slam shut, the door I had just locked behind me. I could very clearly hear the chains rattling and everything so I assumed that my dad had gotten off work early. I ran out to see him, because usually he brought some food home. Oddly enough, the house was completely empty. Dad was nowhere to be found. I even called out to him, but I was met by silence. 
eerie silence. Whatever, I'm just tired, I thought. A few weeks passed by and nothing weird happened, so I shook off the experience as probably nothing. One day I came home from school again and I got straight to doing my homework. Then I felt it, for sure this time, the vibrations of the wall. I heard the wub 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 of the window when the front door had been slammed shut. Someone had just opened our door. I jumped my feet right away and Ozzy was already losing it, snarling and barking like I'd never seen him do before. I grabbed my hunting knife and I slowly went out to investigate. There was nothing. The house was dead quiet. I had a very bad feeling, but I was ready to serve time if I had to defend myself from some armed stranger. Ozzy, however, was not only on the same page, but had seemed to take interest in growling and barking not at the door, but he was now focusing at the corner where the two walls met, right by the door. I grabbed his collar and brought him to my room. While on the inside, I felt like I was being watched and I didn't feel very safe. I stayed there, barricading my door, ready for action until my dad finally came home. I told him, and he told his girlfriend, who said that she never felt safe in the house either, that some weird things have been heard and seen throughout it. This didn't make me feel better. It sent chills down my spine, if anything. I didn't much like being there alone after that. About a year later, I'm 17 and living in Minnesota with my mom. One night during high school, me and a friend of mine were biking around town when he shouted, dude, that's a UFO. I looked where he was pointing and I saw what he was seeing, three white lights in a triangular pattern. They were flowing slowly and low overhead. The lights glided by without noise, but as soon as we saw it, it had either accelerated faster than we could comprehend or it teleported, because one moment it was there, then the next thing we knew, it was in the nearby town five miles away. We saw it slowly gliding north, just as it had been doing moments before. Over our heads, then poof, it was gone. We're not sure what we saw, and we still talk about it from time to time. I should also say that no matter where I moved, ever since the events at my dad's girlfriend's house, I've always felt that I wasn't alone especially when I'm in my bed at night. I've been having some very strange dreams. Dreams where I'm on a table, surrounded by humanoid things, and I can never move. Maybe I had a fear of aliens growing up, or maybe something has been following me. I don't know. Well, this next event is not something I personally witnessed, but it was told to me by the same guy who saw the triangular lights, Let's call him TJ. He and I have been friends for two years at this point. I love him like a brother and fully trust his every word. He's also a real hard guy too. No bullcrap kind of guy. Well, he had gone on a week-long canoe trip in the Boundary Waters near Eli, Minnesota. He was going with the church group, camping, canoeing, and portaging. He said it was amazing and he loved every minute of it. Then as he told me about it, his voice trailed off and he became quiet. I asked him what was wrong and he told me, I saw something or someone that I can't explain. 
I pressed him for more info, which might seem rude now, and he told me this. We were canoeing across this big part of the lake before going home. I noticed an island in the distance that I hadn't seen the first time around. As I was looking at it, I saw something or someone. I asked him to elaborate and he told me this. It looked like a person. You know, a round head, torso, two arms, and two legs, except they were on fire, as if someone had soaked in gasoline and walked right into a candle or something. There was no smoke, just a humanoid body covered in flames. I looked away, then looked back. Then whoever or whatever it was, was gone. There was no sign that what I saw had ever been there and I don't know if it has anything to do with it, but throughout our entire trip there, there were these lights in the sky and in the woods, lights that seemed to come from an aircraft that definitely weren't human in origin. I was taken aback by his story, and he hasn't said much more about it since. I don't ask about it, but I still think about what he said. I can't imagine what he saw, but it can't be a good sign. This concludes my set of personal experiences with the supernatural and paranormal, things I believe are alien and extraterrestrial in nature. It really makes you think twice about whether or not we're alone in this world. Number four, Alien Plane, submitted by ADT. I had an encounter with something I believe to be an alien spaceship. To set the scene, I was driving down a completely dark highway, no illuminating lights on either side. I was coming home from my mother's house because I'd stayed for supper and she lived a town over. I was in a Buick LeSabre 1999 and I was about 22 or 23 at the time. I was listening to the radio to keep my mind off of the darkness and how scary it is to drive at night, especially when you don't have another passenger in the seat beside you to talk to. So I just focused on the radio and my driving. I went and looked back in my rear view mirror all of a sudden to see my two children sleeping in the back very peacefully, my three-year-old daughter and my son who was going to be one. They were all out and I just had to keep driving to get home. I was driving a little faster than what I should have been because I was scared being alone in the dark like that. As I drove down the highway, no other cars passed me. It was completely clear and it was very, very weird. I wasn't used to driving at night and I was used to seeing cars pass by me at least every few minutes. So I tried to focus even harder, trying to ignore the questions in my head, the questions that were asking why this highway was completely clear of traffic. As I continued to stare straight ahead at the road, I suddenly saw what appeared to be planes above the highway road. And right away, they seemed way too close. I didn't understand why they were so low and close to the highway, but maybe it was just me, I thought to myself. And as I looked up at one of them, I slowed my car down. I wasn't nervous or scared, I was just figuring it would be safe, as there were no other vehicles on the road and I was at a pretty good wide open area. So I slowed down to get a better look, and one of these planes slowed as well, which was very unusual. 
I turned off my radio, which revealed a very unnatural silence. Though the plane ahead was very, very close, there was no sound coming from it. No engine noises that you would hear from a plane that is passing overhead, or even a helicopter at that. It was silent, like there was no jet engine noise, and it turned. When it turned, I could tell it was completely blacked out. I mean, my headlights shone off the body of it, only to be reflected by a very dark surface. After a moment, I could make out that it had turned towards me, and all of a sudden, it was like the cab inside the plane lit up, and I could very clearly see the outline of a very humanoid figure. It was a one-room compartment. I didn't see his face as the lights illuminated around him. I looked at him, and he seemed to look at me, and something about his body seemed off. The proportions of his shape were all wrong in a way. His head seemed too large and top-heavy, and everything else below that was incredibly thin. Then, all at once, what seemed to be a thousand bright lights of different colors shining right at me burst into life around this plane. I slammed on the brakes, waking my two children in the back seat. We slid to a halt on the quiet road. Then, without a sound, the lights on that ship rose straight up as that thing took off into the night sky. And I'm not talking about side to side, I mean straight up, and it didn't stop going straight up until we could no longer see it. I was dumbfounded, unsure of what I just saw, and needless to say, I did not want to keep driving after that. I told myself that there was no way that that craft came from our world. I'm glad I haven't seen anything else like that since, and I hope I never have to drive that road at night ever again. And number five, Night at My Grandparents, submitted by Paul LTU56. I'm 17 and living in Lithuania, Kansas, a very nice town where I usually like to go cycling and play football or just hang out with friends. Before this happened, I did believe that aliens exist, but never once in my life did I imagine that I would in person ever see one. It all happened in 2010 when I had a sleepover at my grandparents. I had no idea what was coming. I was just finishing up watching a film when my grandma told me it was time for bed. So I turned the TV off, bid her good night, then began to get ready. Later, in the middle of the night, before I ever fell asleep, a strange sensation came over me that sent chills down my spine. Now, next to my bed, I have a big window in my bedroom. I leave the curtains open on it so that I can look outside as it's very beautiful out here. But as I laid there, trying to sleep, but being overcome with these strange sensations, I saw outside my window from the sky above these bright lights lowering and slowly approaching the ground. Whatever landed out there must have only been about 75 meters away from my window. It landed in complete silence, not a sound, even as it touched down. But those lights were so incredibly bright that it was like daytime around the house. Then I watched in fear as four strange beings stepped out of the vehicle. And of course, 
They appeared to be those typical gray aliens that people often describe, short with almond-shaped black eyes and gray skin. The four creatures stood there outside next to their ship. They appeared to be holding some sort of glowing device. I raised up in bed, leaning forward to try to get a better look. I was foolishly sure that they couldn't see me from there. One of them walked away out of eyesight while the others disappeared back into the ship. A moment later, I got up to go to the windowsill to take a better look. The ship was silent and still, but still extremely bright. Then I heard a very familiar clicking sound. I turned to my bedroom door, which went out to the living room. I knew that sound all too well as I've woken up to it plenty of times. It was the sound of someone turning on the lamp in the living room next to my door. I could even barely see the lamp's light coming from underneath the door's crack. I slowly approached my door and opened it, and I looked out into the living room. The lamp was on, and standing next to it was one of those humanoid greys standing in the house. It was short and very horrifying to behold. Goosebumps covered my whole body, and I was too scared to even move at this point, probably because the gray was looking right back at me. I had no idea how it got in our house, considering we always lock our doors. It began to walk towards me, and as it stepped closer, my vision turned to black. When I woke up, I was back in bed, and my entire body was sore. There were bruises on my arms and legs, especially my inner thighs, bruises that weren't there before. I got out of bed, feeling like I didn't get a second of sleep last night. I went to the kitchen table to see my grandparents making breakfast, and of course, I told them what I saw. They didn't even try to believe me, saying that a lot of the time, people would drive by with those blue LED lights on full blast, and that that can wake you up. But I know that that's not what it was. I got a good look at it, and I encountered something that wasn't from our world. Ever since then, I didn't go back to my grandparents. I was so scared that I'd see those greys again, and I'd wake up with even more unexplainable bruises on my body. Honestly, I do believe in aliens. In fact, I might just believe that they have visited our planet. I mean, I want to believe. Who doesn't? Even on a planet with seven billion people, it can feel pretty lonely. We can't be the only thing out there, but just like the random people you walk by every day, you don't know what our galactic neighbors are planning, what they're thinking. What if when we encounter them, we're too trusting and naive, and the next thing you know, you're strapped to a table, being dissected while you're wide awake. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send me your creepy diary entry story soon at darknessprevails.org. Thank you. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the US, more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability, 
worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.